You're listening to Shalise's Podcast. All righty. Here we go. Well, Father, I thank you for yet another podcast, another broadcast. And I thank you that we are seated right now in heavenly places in Christ. And because of that reality, we can see things from a whole new perspective, Father. We can see things from your perspective. And so today, as we hop into the broadcast, Father, I just pray that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened, that we would know the hope of our calling, that the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you would be released, and the truth that sets us free would be would just explode in our hearts, Father, so that we can experience more of the reality of heaven right now and live from an identity that is the real identity that you recreated us in Christ to live from. That is an identity that lives in union with Jesus. And so take us where we need to go today, Holy Spirit. We just rely on you completely. Uh, Just open up the word for us, Father, with fresh eyes. Let us see it from a new perspective today and minister to our hearts as we follow your lead. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, awesome, you guys. It's good to be back. As many of you know, we had um, a loss in our family here at Emerge. And so we have been in a grieving process and really want to just take a minute to honor the life of Tracy Irvin uh, this morning. Uh, She is so sorely missed by all of us here at Rethink and in our ministry and the impact that she had on my life and on the lives of so many of our students and our clients has really been too too much to name, too many people to even mention. But I know that she's rejoicing with Jesus, dancing in heaven today. And I just appreciate everyone's patience as we've kind of been regrouping uh, since that unexpected loss. And so I feel like today's episode is a really good reminder because, uh, because we do uh, have dual citizenship. We aren't just citizens here in whatever country we may live in, but we are also citizens of heaven. And the gospel is the hope that we hold on to no matter what we go through. And there is a perspective, an eternal perspective of our lives that the gospel teaches us to live from. And so I just feel it's really Uh, important that I honor Tracy today. And I just really wanted to dedicate this episode to her uh, just in honor of her memory and just to recognize that she is fully alive and fully celebrating the victory of Jesus in the arms of the father with us, even though she's not with us. So, uh, okay, let's hop into today's foundation scripture. We're going to continue on this concept that there is a way to view our lives, there's a way to view our destiny, there's a way to view ourselves that is not from a human perspective. You know, the Apostle Paul told us to judge no man after the flesh in Philippians chapter three, I believe. And that is so true because the gospel and the kingdom, the gospel of the kingdom declares that 
We have the kingdom of God inside of us that we've been recreated in Christ. We've been born from above, but this is an invisible reality. And so if we are going to see ourselves as we really are, uh, as Jesus is in this world, then we have to put on a new set of lenses. We need to be able to see reality from heaven's vantage point. And part of that reality is recognizing that in him, we are perfect. In him, we are blameless. In him, we have no sin nature. We are whole. We are healed. We are rich. We are wealthy. We have an inheritance in Christ. We are joint heirs with him that all that heaven contains has already been lavished upon us. And if we are going to enjoy that inheritance and enjoy that reality, then we have to see through the eyes of faith. Uh, today, when I prayed, I prayed that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened, that we would know the hope of our calling. And that is the prayer that the Apostle Paul prayed for the church at Ephesus, because it's not about getting something uh, else from God. It's not about praying for something that we don't have. It's about recognizing that we already have it and simply focusing on it and thanking God for it and acknowledging it because it is our focus and that shift of gratefulness and that shift of uh, receiving it through seeing it that causes us to uh, enjoy it and for it to manifest. And so today I wanna to start in a scripture from Ephesians 2.10. Because Ephesians 2.10 talks about this eternal perspective. It talks about what God finished before time began, specifically as it relates to our destiny. And it also talks to how we have been recreated in Christ to do good works. And so I'm going to read it to you this morning in the Amplified Version. <clears throat> it's Ephesians 2.10. And the Amplified Classic Version, and here's the way that it reads. It says, for we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking paths which he prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. You know, I've been meditating on this scripture at this point really for decades because it really changes the way that we view our lives. It tells us here that we were recreated in Christ, that we're new creatures, that we were born again, born from above in Christ to do good works. And when I think about doing good works, I think about uh, the works that Jesus did, right? He said, if you don't believe me, believe me for the works that I do. And so the works that Jesus did were what? Miraculous works. They were supernatural things. Jesus was working miracles and he just called it work. And so when I read this scripture, I know that it's talking about the fact that we were born again in Christ. We were placed inside of Christ so that we could do the same works as Jesus and even greater works because of our position in Christ, because of our this new creation reality and this identity that we have in Christ. And so you and I, I want to say this, are miraculous. We are supernatural by design and we have been designed in Christ to live above the world system. We have been called to dominate the seen realm. Sir, uh, we are here not to be servants of money. We are not here to be servants of time. We are here to be masters of money. We are here to be masters of time. We are here to dominate, you guys, the seen realm. And we do that the same way 
that Jesus did it. We do it the same way that we read about all throughout of scripture. We do that through creating heaven's reality here on earth. If you go back to the creation story in Genesis, it's really amazing when you stop and think for just a second that everything that we see was created through God's words. And he lived from a place of vision, right? He he lived from, from through he he created us and he created creation from a place of seeing something as though it already existed and calling things that be not as though they were. In other words, he didn't come out into the darkness. He didn't come out into the void and complain about the darkness. He didn't come out and complain about the void. He just spoke what he desired. He said, let there be light and the light was created. And so many times because of the pattern of this world and the way that we have been I don't know, just programmed to just, you know, process things and perceive things only from our five physical senses and from our natural reasoning, instead of walking into situations and speaking what we desire and what we want to create, a lot of times we're just speaking and complaining about what is. A lot of us, if we'd been, you know, there at the beginning of time, would have gone out and and said, my gosh, can you believe how dark it is out here? Can you believe the mess that this, this world is in? And I'll tell you the truth that that's a lot of what we hear out of the mouths of Christians right now, right? This world is a mess. America is a mess. My country is a mess. The darkness is so dark. You know, the government, this, you know, all kinds of of things coming out of our mouths that are based upon just the natural state of things, the circumstances that are in the world. But beloved, we are here to, to, to do good works. We are here to dominate the scene realm. And so if we're gonna live from that place where we are seated in heavenly places in Christ, we're gonna have to speak something different, speak something and create something different with our words. I mean, that is what prophecy is. Prophecy is declaring uh, the things that be not as though they are. It's Jesus coming to, to Simon and saying, you are Peter. It's, it's the angel coming to Gideon and calling him a mighty man of valor. It's, it's, it's the angel visiting Mary and saying that she was highly favored among women and that she, just prophesying and speaking over her what was going to be happening. And you guys, every word that we speak is creative. We are, we are recreated in Christ in the image of God. We are, we were made originally, you know, as descendants of Adam, even we were, we were created in God's image and likeness. And so many times we don't recognize that there are miracles in our mouth that our words are powerful. Proverbs says it this way. It says that death and life is in the power of the tongue. And every time we speak, we are speaking out of the abundance of our heart. And the question is, what's in our heart? Is the gospel in our heart? Have we hidden the word of God in our hearts? And are we speaking out of the overflow of the truth of, of, of the kingdom of heaven? Are we releasing heaven on earth or are we releasing hell on earth? Are we, are we just simply describing the natural realm and just creating more a chaos and more darkness through our words? Or are we actually being used by God as, an, as a transformer? Are we being used to release the prophetic word of God in this hour over the things that need to be transformed? 
Are we speaking over ourselves? Are we speaking over others based upon heaven's perspective and, and, and what Jesus did on the cross? Or are we speaking what we see? You know, every day I get prayer requests from people that are asking us to pray for loved ones. I mean, whether they're dealing with illness, whether they're dealing with, uh, you know, drug addiction in their family, or they're dealing with depression or just all kinds of things that are happening <clears throat> in people's lives. And, and one of the things that I share with every single that I, every single person that I pray for and I pray with is I said, you know, we've got to see things from God's perspective. I know that in the natural things don't look good right now, but that's not how God sees things. He sees the end from the beginning and he has actually prepared the path for us to get to the destiny that he has for whatever the situation is. But we need to call things that be not as though they are. And we need to agree with God. We need to see things from his perspective. And I have to, I have to guess that when God came out into the beginning of time and he saw the chaos and he saw the dark and he saw the void, that he already had a vision for what he was going to be creating. He was simply speaking out of the abundance of his heart. And he was creating the scene realm and creating mankind because he had a vision of what it was to be. And in Ephesians chapter one, it tells us that we were chosen in Christ before the foundation of the world. In Revelation chapter 13, eight, it says that the lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. In Ephesians one, it says that we were chosen in him uh, before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. And so even at creation, when God was speaking things into existence, knowing that Adam and Eve were going to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, he still had a vision. He he had a vision of Jesus on the cross. He had a vision of the lamb being slain. He had a vision of our redeemed innocence. He had a vision of us being recreated in Christ. And he, he sees things as though that's already done. And so if we are going to finish our course and we're going to live out our destiny, then beloved, we have to shift our, 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 the way that we see things. We have to shift our perspective and we have to shift the way that we speak. We have to come back to that truth that words are powerful. In my own life, I've shared the testimony many times about when I really started getting a hold of these truths and I started realizing that, wow, my words are creative. It matters the way that I talk about myself. It matters the way that I talk about other people. It matters the way that I see myself. It matters the way that I see my life. And if I want to change the way um, I feel, if I want to change the way that things are happening in my life, then I need to first of all, take ownership of my words and I need to shift the way that I'm talking. You know, I, I was dealing with depression. I was dealing with anxiety at the time. And I got a hold of one scripture. I got a hold of the scripture that says, we have not been given a spirit of fear, but of power of love and a sound mind from first, first Timothy 1 7. And I just began to speak that over myself, even in the midst of feeling depressed, even in the midst of feeling anxious, I began to say, no, I have a sound mind. I've not been given a spirit of fear. I have not been given this, this anxiety and this depression. This is not who I am in Christ. I have a sound mind. I have the sa I have the mind of Christ and believe it or not, beloved, that that is exactly what I got as I shifted, you know, my speech from saying like, oh, I'm so 
depressed. Oh, I'm so anxious. Oh, I just, I'm so crazy. And I began to speak the word of God and I began to agree with God and see things from heaven's perspective. Well, guess what? Things began to shift and the Holy Spirit began to unwrap uh, just principles and truths in my heart that set me completely free. I remember he would, he would wake me up in the morning and say, get up and dance. And the last thing I felt like doing was dancing. But guess what? In the mind of God and in uh, with a sound mind, there's joy. There's joy in our spirits. There is unspeakable joy that is full of glory that we all have access to right now. And dancing is just a simple expression of that joy. And so out of obedience, I would get up and I would dance. And I would visualize dancing with Jesus. And it was hilarious because the Holy Spirit would say, no, you need to dance like, you know, you're, you're just a dork. You need to just, you know, shake your tail feathers, sister. You need to, you need to do the, the crazy dance, the silly dance. And he would just say, get silly with it, Shalise. Be childlike with it. And I will tell you, as much as I didn't feel like dancing, as I danced, it began to shift. Things began to shift. And by changing my speech and changing really my physiology to actually agree with the scripture, to begin to act out what a sound mind actually looks like, and a sound mind is full of joy, it began to shift things in the natural. And so this is such a, a powerful principle that I think just a lot of us forget or a lot of us have never been taught. You know, in, in James, in, it talks about how our tongue is so, so, so very powerful. If we go over there really quick, let me just um, pull it up. Whoops, my Bible app just closed. Let me try this one more time. If I go over to James, it talks about the power of our tongue. And it says that if we don't offend in speech, that we are a perfect man. Or we are perfect in every way. So let me read this. It says in verse one in James three, it says the tongue is a fire. <laughs> That's how the little caption reads at the top here, the amplified version. It says not many of you should become teachers serving in an official teaching capacity, my brothers and sisters, for you know that we who are teachers will be judged by a higher standard because we have assumed greater accountability and more condemnation if we teach incorrectly. Well, that'll wake you up, won't it, this morning? Thank God. Okay, well, I'm called to be a teacher, so let's keep going. In verse 2, it says, For we all stumble and sin in many ways. If anyone does not stumble in what he says, never saying the wrong thing, he is a perfect man, fully developed in character without serious flaws, able to bridle his whole body and rein in his entire nature, taming his human faults and weaknesses. Now, that's just an incredible translation of that scripture. It says that if we don't say the wrong thing, that we're a perfect man, and that when we bridle our tongue, we control our entire nature, and we control our whole body. And what I want to say about that is that what this is really teaching us is that our bodies are speech activated. Uh, not only our bodies, by the way, but all of creation is speech activated. You guys, our words affect the material realm. It says here, verse three, um, now if we put bits into horses' mouths to make them obey us, we guide their whole body as well. And look at the ships, even though they are so large and driven by strong winds, they are directed by a very small rudder, wherever the impulse of the helm helmsman determines. In the same sense, the tongue is a small part of the body, yet it boasts of great things. 
Okay, now I'm, I'm, I'm talking about our speech today because you and I have been created, recreated in Christ for good works. We have a destiny. We have things here on the earth that we are called to do. Some of you are called uh, to write. Some of you are called to run businesses. Some of you are called to start ministries. Some of you, of you are called to eradicate all kinds of problems in the earth. You're, you're called to, to come after poverty or homelessness or, uh, you know, abortion, or you're called to healing. We're all called to, to, to signs and wonders. We're all called to lay hands on the sick for that matter. But some of you have a specific call to do certain things. And it is so easy to look around in the natural realm and think, well, I don't have the resources to do this. Who am I to do this? But who you are is a new creation in Christ. And if you will align your mouth with the truth about who you are and align your mouth with the truth about what you are called to do and recognize that from heaven's perspective, it is already done. God has seen the end and he calls things that be not as though they are because from his perspective, they actually do already exist. When he told Abraham he was the father of a nation, from his perspective, it was finished. All Abraham had to do was he needed to change the way that he spoke and he needed to change what he saw. And when he changed his name, because God told him, stop calling yourself Abram, call yourself Abraham. And he said, go look at the stars and go look at the sand and the number of stars and the number of the, the grains of sand. That's how many descendants you have. He said, get in agreement with my vision, Abraham, because this is who you are. And this is going to happen supernaturally. And as you do these things, you know, it's going to reverse the curse in your body. And impotence is not going to be a, a thing for you, even though you're over 100 years old. And this, this just is a one example from scripture of how the tongue created a miraculous outcome in Abraham's life, in our lives, because our speech and our destiny isn't just about us. There are people waiting for you to get your mouth in alignment with the truth and for you to speak the truth in the midst of whatever circumstances you are facing. You know, a lot of people don't like this message, right? They, they call it, you know, they got a bad taste in their mouth from name it, claim it and the word of faith movement. But this isn't about name it, claim it. This isn't about the word of faith movement. This is about the word of God. This is about the power of the tongue. This is about how we have been uh, made in God's image as creative beings. And this is about how God made the universe, how God created creation to interact with human beings. We, have, we are dominant people. <laughs> we are dominant creatures here. Uh, we have been given dominion. In the beginning, God blessed them and said, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth and have dominion. And so dominion is a, is a character trait of sons of God. We are here to dominate, guys. We are not here to be victims. We are not here to be powerless. We are here to do the good works that God uh, ordained for us to do. And so we can't go around talking broke. We can't go around talking sick. We can't go around complaining about things. We need to actually create something new with our tongues. This is the purpose of prophecy, guys. You know, when the Israelites were in the wilderness, their complaining caused snakes to come out and bite them, <laughs> okay? Complaining is poison. 
you guys. It is poison to our bodies. It is poison to our lives. It is poison to other people. You know, earlier I mentioned that when people come to me and ask for prayer, you know, I talk to them about their vision. I say, what is your vision for this person? How do you see this person? What is, how does God see this person? And it's really easy if you're praying for someone and they're acting out of their wounds and their trauma and all kinds of behaviors, right? It's really easy just to think that that's who they are rather than stand for who they are in Christ. And that is such a powerful thing. I remember this testimony from David Yanyi Cho uh, that he shared in the book, uh, The Fourth Dimension. I remember this, this testimony always comes back to me. And it was of a woman who came because her daughter was, um, you know, running the street. She was on drugs. She was involved in prostitution. And she came to Dr. Yanyi Cho and said, will you please agree with me for my daughter? She's this, she's that, she's this. And, you know, she just starts kind of just spewing out all of these things that her daughter was doing. And he said, no, I'm not going to pray with you because until you see your daughter, the way that God sees her, you're just creating more of it. He says, come back to me when you can see your daughter through the lens of Christ. And so it took her a couple of days, but then she came back and she said, Dr. Cho, I see it. I see it. You know what? She's, she's, she's totally whole. She's totally healed. Jesus doesn't see her the way that she's acting. He sees her through the lens of his love and through the lens of the cross and through the blood of Jesus. She's a new creation. She just doesn't know it. And so he prayed with her. And do you know that within 48 hours, her daughter showed up at the doorstep, completely repented, gave her life to the Lord and was a complete miraculous turnaround. And you may say, well, that doesn't work for me, Shalise. I've tried to, I've tried to say, um, you know, things over people. I've tried to stand for things. But here, here's what Mark 11 uh, says about it, guys. You know, and I think this is where a lot of us miss it. Because when you are standing for the transformation of something in the natural realm, you know what? It is, it is a fight. It's called the fight of faith for a reason. And the reason is because you're fighting between what you see in the natural and what you see in the spirit. And the labor to enter into rest is the labor to be convinced that what we see in the spirit is actually the real thing and that the spirit realm will transform the natural realm. But our natural eyes are giving us information. They're telling us a different, you know, a different set of facts than the spiritual side of the story. And so there's this fight. There's this fight between what we see and what is unseen. But, you know, Mark eleven twenty three. 23, I mean, Jesus said this after he cursed the fig tree. And remember, he came up to the fig tree and he cursed it because he was hungry and there wasn't fruit on it. And I like to think of it as just he cursed the lack. He cursed the lack and lack is a part of the curse. And he um, did not tolerate it. And so he cursed that tree and he said, no man will ever eat fruit from you again. And within 24 hours, that tree was dried up at the root. And he used that, he used that illustration as a teaching moment for his disciples. And here's what he said in 11, uh, Mark eleven twenty three. He says this, I assure you, and I most solemnly say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be lifted up and be thrown into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart and God's unlimited power, but believes what he says is going to place, take place, it will be done for him. So let me just read it in a, just a simpler uh, translation here. But this is a powerful scripture, you guys. And it's one that um, 
I think sometimes we just kind of gloss over or we don't really recognize that this works for whoever. <laughs> it says in, in the NIV, it says, truly, I tell you, if anyone, okay, this works for anyone. If Why? Because we're created in God's image. We're created to create. It says, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart, but believes what they say will happen, it will be done for them. You guys, I have story after story in my own life where I created a declaration over a situation and I got up and I spoke it every day. I spoke it faithfully every single day. I had a vision in my heart that God had given me and I began to create it and I spoke to it. I spoke to it. And I will tell you, when you are in that battle where you are, you are speaking things into the natural and there's no evidence of anything shifting yet, let me tell you, it is easy to doubt. It is easy to say, oh, it's not working. Oh, I guess this whole, you know, this whole call things that be not as though they are is just a bunch of baloney. And you just go back to speaking the way things appear in the natural. But if you will stick with it and you will see with your with your heavenly eyes that this is this mountain is moving, this circumstance is transforming and you will stick with it, stick with it, stick with it. Well, I'll tell you, this is a spiritual law. This is the law of, of faith. This is the law that says that you and I have the power of death and life in our tongues. And when you press through that place where it doesn't look like anything's shifting and it doesn't look like anything's changing. It says here that if you don't doubt, you will have what you say. What you say will, will be done for you. Here it says it will happen. What you say will happen. I remember one particular testimony where we used to have a K through 12 school and I just felt the Lord's prompting to take these kids on a mission trip. And so as we prayed through it, we just felt like we were supposed to go to Romania. And so we wrote a prayer declaration. I still can remember it because we said it every single week with the kids. And it says, Father in heaven, thank you for your kingdom assignment to go to Romania in June. Thank you for everything that we need being provided in abundance. And then we just listed out what we need. And thank you for airfare tickets. Thank you for, you know, excellent lodging. Thank you for signs and wonders, answered prayer. You know, we just kind of listed out the things that we need. And we said, thank you that the angels have gone before us to prepare the way and that we receive all of this in Jesus name. And so I would meet with the kids every single week and we would just declare this prayer over our trip to Romania. And then we would take a few minutes and say, okay, you guys, let's just go into the future. Let's just see with our eyes of faith and let's see our trip. What's happening on our trip? And so one of the kids was like, well, we're on the airplane and I'm drinking Coke. You know, my mom doesn't let me drink Coke, but I'm getting a Coke on the airplane. And then another kid would say, oh, I see us going to the gypsy villages and ministering to the children. And so we would just share the visions that we were having. And so I don't remember, I think we were we were going in June, but I think like the funds for the trip were due like in March, right? And so we're getting closer to March, closer to March. And I'm telling you, we don't have the finances. These are kids, they don't have jobs, you know? And so we're thinking, oh my gosh, like what's gonna happen? The deadline's coming, we don't have the money, we don't have the money. And so, you know, at one point I was driving to meet the kids and I'm thinking, oh Lord, maybe we just need to postpone the trip. Maybe we should go in the fall, give us a little bit more time to fundraise. And, you know, I just don't want these kids to be let down. And so I'm going to go down to the, you know, meet with the kids and I'm going to tell them, you know what, we're just going to delay the trip. We're going to go in the fall. And I was driving down to meet with them. And I remember the Lord asking me, he said, what are you doing? You know, and when the Lord asks you these, you know, it's funny because he already knows what I'm doing. But he asked me, what are you doing? And I, you know, I, I was like, uh, 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 well, I'm, I'm going to go meet with the kids. And he's like, listen, whose, whose idea was this trip? 
was it your idea? And I said, no, it wasn't my idea. It was your idea. He said, well, why would you think that then it should be your idea to cancel it? And I was like, oh, okay, okay. And I remember I got fired up and I was like, okay, God's in this, God's in this. So I went down, I told the kids about it. And man, we had a new, we had like a new lease on life. So we start saying it again. Father in heaven, thank you for your kingdom assignment to go to Romania in June. Thank you that everything we need has already been provided. Listed out the things, right? And so we're saying it. What do you guys see? Oh, I see myself on the, on the airplane drinking a Coke. I see myself ministering to the, the kids. I see signs and wonders. So we just began to, we just went back into it. And here's the, here's the great part about this testimony. Well, not only did we get the financing and not only did we leave to go to Romania, but here's the real powerful part about this testimony is we had to fly through Chicago and then I think we went to Amsterdam and then we went to uh, Romania. But when we got to Chicago, you guys, there was, there was all this weather. And so it ended up that we got grounded. We could not get out of Chicago. We had to have a layover there and we had to spend the night. And so we were kind of bummed because, you know, oh, it's going to cut a day off of our trip. And, but, you know, we were keeping our spirits high. And I remember they, they put us up in a hotel, thankfully. And the next morning we got up and I was having breakfast with the kids. And I'm like, okay, you guys, um, you know, what's, what's on your heart this morning? And one of the kids raises their hand and, and says, you know, um, Michelise, I can't hear God. I, I don't know. I, I was trying to hear God this morning and I can't hear God. And this was a supernatural school, right? So we taught these kids to hear God. And I said, well, no, 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 Micah, you need to go over there. You need to get a word from God right now. And you need to come give it back to the group. You can hear God because his sheep hear his voice. So no, you do hear God. So you go get it. So he went over, I don't know, maybe five minutes or so, got his word from God, came back and he said, okay, I got it. I got it, Miss Shalise. I'm like, okay, so what is it? And this is what he said. He actually began to recite back our declaration. Here's the way he said it. He said, I said, thank you for your kingdom assignment to go to Romania in June. Well, you guys, it was May 31st. And our words and our declaration were so powerful that we had a layover, like the storm came in to stop us. We landed in Romania a little bit after midnight on June the 1st. And I will tell you, I will never forget that because I remember as, as we were talking about the kids, talking about with, this, with the kids, I heard the Lord say, it will be as you decree. The challenge will be to stick to your decree. And I can tell you, that's just one. I mean, I have more stories. I could just sit here and tell you testimony after testimony about the power of creating with our tongues. And if we are going to do the good works that God pre preordained ahead of time, then we need to get our mouths in alignment with what he is, what he has done, what he is saying and what the truth is. And I'll go back to Mark eleven twenty three 23 again. It says, Truly, I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart, but believes what they say will happen, it will be done for them. And you guys, we doubted. We doubted when we were standing for Romania. I'm telling you, it didn't look like anything was moving, but that's not the time to quit. The time to quit is not when it appears that nothing is working. The time, uh, that's the time to press in. That's the time to turn it up. That's the time to get another confirmation from God and keep speaking, keep speaking, keep visualizing. Because we are not just supernatural guys, but we are abundantly supplied 
with everything that heaven contains. And God's perspective is that you already have it, that you have been given the keys to the kingdom, that you're already blessed, that you are a joint heir with Jesus. This whole receiving thing is really a manifestation thing. It's not about receiving something that we don't have. It's about materializing something that is invisible. And beloved, the way that we materialize it is by faith. The way that we materialize it is with our words and with our actions. And so we need to get a vision, a vision of what God is speaking over over people, over this country, over ourselves. And we need to get our mouths in alignment. I gave this testimony not too long ago, but I'll end with this next testimony. And this is a really, this is a recent one. And it was a, it's a, I don't know why, you know, I I still get astounded that this works, but it, you know, I, I still get a little astounded by it. And in this particular testimony, we had brought one of my dogs. We, we, we had not had both of our dogs when we moved back to Chicago because we have a big dog and, and we were nervous about just the house and him being in the house. And so we were kind of getting here and getting settled, but we ended up bringing him. And sure enough, we had not been here a week when he starts peeing on um, our brand new living, living room rug. And this was not a, this was not a, an inexpensive rug, right? And so we had to get gates and we, you know, we, we, I tried to clean it, but I will tell you, it would not come up. And then one day I left and the kids somehow got in there and left the door open and I mean, left the little gate open and lo and behold, he goes in there and does it again. And so I come back home and I mean, I am just like, oh my gosh, we're going to have to get this new rug. It's brand new. And I was really kind of upset, you know, with my daughter, we're down scrubbing it, trying to get it out. And I just hear the Lord as clear as day say, speak to it. And I thought, Oh, of course, of course. What am I doing? What I've been saying, it doesn't come out. I've been talking about, you can't let the dogs in here because they pee on the rug and you can't let it out. And I was like, wait a second. So uh, that's exactly what I did. I just began, every time I would walk past the living room, I would say, peace, Tane, I command you to dissolve in Jesus' name. You have no authority to be on my rug in Jesus' name. There are no peace stains in heaven. And so there's no peace stains on my rug. Now, this may seem so silly, you guys, but I'm telling you, this is like practicing. It's practicing manifestation. And so I just went by and I could see like a day later, that thing is fading. It's working. It's working. And so I began to speak to it again. In Jesus name, I command that peace thing to dissolve. You leave the scene realm right now in Jesus name. And you guys, to this day, it's gone. It's completely gone. And I will tell you, we scrubbed and scrubbed and scrubbed for hours and it would not come up. And and that is kind of a silly testimony, although it wasn't silly to me. I loved my rug. But the point is, is it was a visual and it was, it, it was a visual um, representation of the power of our words. So I don't care if it's a doctor's report. I don't care if it's an unpaid bill. I don't care if it's a child who's gone off the deep end or is struggling in some way. We have to call things that be not as though they are. And I really want to challenge you as we head into uh, the end of the year to get a vision for what you are creating in 2022. Get a vision for what for your family, for your destiny, for your finances, for your health. It's not just about setting goals. Okay, we we do not live according to the pattern of this world. This is about creating something. This is about releasing heaven on earth. This is about about testifying through our lives that that the kingdom of heaven is real and that it is now. And guys, when we when you set those goals and when you when you 
decide what your vision is for your family and your finances and your destiny it's time to start getting your words in alignment with that it's time to start start creating that with your words and i don't mean doing it once a day i mean writing that sucker out write out the vision and speak it every single day when you wake up meditate on that day and night because that is that is the the vision that is this is the possibility i mean all things are possible guys all things are possible it is possible for you to get out of debt supernaturally it is possible for you to pay off your house supernaturally it, there are there are no limitations of what is possible words are creative and they create for good for evil they create either way they will they will they will activate a new level of energy in your body they will they will heal your life they will heal your mind and i have and i will tell you the hardest thing about this is is remembering the hardest thing about this is staying awake to this reality the hardest thing about this is not going back when when it's when when things haven't shifted yet and going back and calling things that are the way that they are instead of the way that you want them to be and so living from heaven's perspective guys sees something it sees good works it sees you you and i as creative beings that are here to dominate the scene realm and beloved there's so much work to do there are so many hurting people there are so many visions that God has placed inside of people that need to manifest. And I will tell you, there's no limitation. If you can speak it, you can have it. If you can believe it, you can be it. So it is time as we wrap up this year to get our words back under the, the jurisdiction of heaven. It is time to let the Holy Spirit set a guard on, on, um, at the door of our lips and begin to speak in alignment with the truth, begin to speak in alignment with who we are in Christ. It's, begin, it, it's time to, to do the same works that Jesus did. And there's so many examples in scripture and in the gospels of Jesus rebuking storms, rebuking uh, fevers, rebuking sick, sickness, calling Lazarus back from the death. The words, the words carried the power of the Holy Spirit and the weight of heaven that was inside of him. And he operated in union with his father and created heaven everywhere he went. And so we'll just end today with a quick little thing that I, I think is a great thing to do every single day. <laughs> and it's just simply saying this, Father, I cancel. I cancel every thought, every word that I have thought and that I have spoken that is not in alignment with the truth. And I take authority over those words right now and I call them null, I call them void, I call them powerless to operate against me, against my family, against anything in the, in the created order, in the unseen realm. I call those words void right now in Jesus' name. And I declare that from this day forward, my words are going to be in alignment and they're going to be your words, Father. We're going to operate in union and I'm going to speak prophetically as you and create heaven on earth. So Father, what do you want me to say? And then just begin to speak, begin to speak and expect the Holy Spirit to start to rise up in you and begin to call things that be not as though they are over your city, over this nation, over your family, over your finances, over the circumstances that we are facing and watch the Holy Spirit rise up. 
Another great thing that you can do as a part of this practice is you can begin to pray in the spirit. You can pray in tongues. And if you aren't baptized in the Holy Spirit, go check out my podcast on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Because the reason praying in tongues is so powerful is because it's with our tongue. And as we speak in the spirit, we are speaking mysteries and we can pray for the interpretation and we can interpret what God is saying and we can come into agreement with God and we can begin to create new realities, God, guys. So I'm telling you, it's not too late. It's not too late. It is not too late. I'm just saying it again. It is not too late. Jesus cursed that fig tree and it manifested in 24 hours. It's not too late to manifest things even for Christmas. It is not too late to make a turnaround in your life. You guys, your tongue is like a ship. It will turn that sucker around. Your tongue is like a bridle. It will control your whole body. So stop saying things about yourself and others and the circumstances that are not true from God's perspective. You are more than a conqueror you the greater one lives inside of you and as jesus is so are you in this world so step into union with jesus change your speech and start speaking things that be not as though they were okay guys i want to hear some testimonies you guys post your testimonies even in this group i'm expecting the fruit of this word to be miracles signs and wonders even this week even this week this is a kind of a checkup from the neck up for all of us because it is really easy to get lax and just start calling things you know the way that they appear but it's a new day and we are canceling all of that and we are starting fresh and we are going to begin to get more disciplined with the way that we talk so write out your vision write out the declarations if it worked for a bunch of kids and that, that were going on a mission trip it will work for you I've seen it time and time again. I saw it on my rug. I've seen it in bodies. I've seen, you know, all kinds of miracles coming just because I spoke in agreement with the Holy Spirit. So have fun with this and just go wild. Go wild releasing heaven on earth. All right, you guys. God bless you. I love you. And we'll see you soon. Thanks for listening to Shalisa's podcast. This recording is, in part, made possible by our listeners. To partner with us, visit Shalice.com, where you can donate and help us spread the good news of our unshakable union with Christ around the globe. You can also find a link there to download Shalice's book, The Path, for free. And if you're ready to discover the call of God on your life and the purpose He created you for, then visit us at Shalice.com and watch Shalice's free training where you'll hear five keys to hearing God about your life purpose and transitioning into it. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, don't forget, the world needs the Christ in you.